Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 62 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me today. All right, today I am going to teach you how to be intentional about discomfort. So discomfort is a fact of life, but we're often not intentional at which discomforts we choose. And I'm going to teach you the power of that today. But first, I have big news, guys. I have created a free mini course for you. This is my time-saving tips to end binge and stress eating course. And it's something I've been working on for close to six months. I'm really excited about it. I think it's a fantastic free mini course that if you're wanting to take the next steps to try to start getting a handle on emotional eating or binge eating, I think these are really powerful tools that don't require you to put in extra time. So I know that everybody listening is super busy. We all have packed schedules and sometimes addressing our emotional eating and getting a handle on it can feel overwhelming that there's not enough time in the day to get to that. And that's why I created this course of what are the three biggest things that I can think of that don't require a lot of extra time in your day, but can have really powerful impacts on our stress eating and uh, emotional eating or binge eating. So make sure you head over to weight solutions for physicians forward slash time saving tips, all one word, and uh, get into the mini course. So the mini course is a video series with a workbook. The workbook is extra. You do not have to do it if it feels like too much, but I created it for people who want to be able to dig deeper and go into these topics and get even more benefit. And then you'll also get a series of supportive emails through the course of the videos and the content to help keep you on track and make sure you're getting the most out of the mini course. So again, the website is weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash time saving tips, all one word. Head over there and make sure you register for the mini course now and then let me know how it goes. I I'm really excited about this. I think it's really good. And I would love to hear how you apply this to your life and how it works for you. So make sure you send me an email at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. All right, so let's talk about discomfort. Now, in weight loss, discomfort is a big, kind of not talked about, uh, like kind of elephant in the room issue, uh, because I think we're actually told often that following a diet plan or changing what you're eating, changing your behaviors should be easy, but we also should be able to kind of do everything with moderation so that there shouldn't be much discomfort. And if things create discomfort, then it's probably overly restrictive is often the messaging we get in medicine anyways. But here's what I want to propose to you is that discomfort is a given. Any change creates discomfort at some level. And 
avoiding discomfort often means avoiding change and avoiding reaching your goals. And so I've spent in my personal life a whole lot of years trying to lose weight, but also trying to avoid discomfort. So what that looked like is, you know, going to Weight Watchers, but really trying to avoid feeling deprived, which would mean, guess what? You know, when something encountered, when I encountered a food that I felt I really wanted, and I felt I would be deprived if I didn't eat it, well, then I would just stop counting my points, because back then I was doing Weight Watchers, and I would just eat the food so that I didn't feel deprived. Um, I would avoid feeling restricted. So it's interesting, because now I talk about low carb, and I live a low carb lifestyle, and I have for years now. But I remember the first time it was introduced to me of don't eat bread, don't eat starches. And it felt so restricted. And honestly, that first try at low carb, I didn't do so well, I was not consistent. um, Because I think I felt that discomfort of restriction, and I felt that it shouldn't be there. I made it mean that it was something bad happening. And so I had to avoid sometimes that discomfort of restriction by eating the food. Um, I've, you know, spent many, many years of my life trying to avoid my life stresses through eating. So having the discomfort of stress and eating in some way to try to avoid it and not deal with it or address it or experience it because that discomfort felt like it was a bit too much. But here's the thing. All of those times that I thought I was avoiding discomfort, I was still creating a discomfort. I was just choosing a different discomfort. So if we use the food side, since this is a weight loss podcast, when I would eat beyond my points levels, um, so I didn't feel deprivation, then I would be choosing a discomfort of not losing the weight, feeling some failure the next time I went to a Weight Watchers meeting and stepped on the scale, um, clothes not fitting. When I first started doing the low carb and would be inconsistent with my eating to avoid the discomfort of restriction, the discomfort I was actually choosing was the discomfort of being in a body that was bigger than what it felt, of having those physical discomfort feelings of feeling and having the discomfort of knowing my metabolic health wasn't very good and having the discomfort of worrying that if I kept on the same path at one point, I would probably have diabetes. So it's not that the discomfort went away with the eating, which I think is a really important point because we often think that it will, or in the short term, we feel that maybe it does. The discomfort just gets shifted to something else. So it's choosing a different discomfort instead of experiencing the one that's already there. And sometimes in your life, that may be fine. Maybe that's what you will want to do. What I'm suggesting in this episode is being aware of what you are doing so that you choose it intentionally. So often, like for those years when I was doing this, I was unintentionally choosing different discomforts. I, I never recognized that that's what I was doing. It just felt like sticking to the plan or 
eating according to what I had planned was going to be too uncomfortable and I needed to change my plan. But really, I was choosing these other discomforts, just doing it unintentionally. And that's, I think, the power of thought work. And when we use our brain as the really powerful tool that it is, is we can start choosing things intentionally. So I think one fallacy that people have when they think of they're doing thought work is then we have to be perfect all the time. And that's not true. But there's a very different feeling to unintentionally making choices that create discomfort to sometimes intentionally making that choice. Like, you know, sometimes intentionally saying, you, I am going to eat this food. And I recognize that I will feel a bit uncomfortable tomorrow when I wake up in the morning because of the food that I've eaten. But that's a choice I'm making versus I can't tolerate this discomfort over here. And so I have no choice but to eat this food because it'll make me feel better. There, I could be describing the exact same scenario, but the experience is very different in it. And the first one I described is a far more empowering experience. So I've got four different points about um, discomfort and how it kind of plays out in our life. And why is it such a tricky little little thing. And I think the biggest takeaway point from today's episode is recognizing that the discomfort does exist, recognizing that our eating behaviors that our brain tells us will take us away from the discomfort aren't actually true, like that it's not getting rid of the discomfort, it's choosing a different discomfort. And just understanding the discomfort more and not feeling like there's a need to avoid it would be my biggest take home points. So the first point is that there are no situations that involve zero discomfort. So like I talked about the my examples, you know, you have discomfort under column A of being stressed and not, you know, not managing that stress, or you have discomfort under column B of uh, overeating and feeling full and the next day feeling like your clothes are a bit tighter. Both situations cause some discomfort. Another example non-food related would be work, right? There can be discomfort in the job that you're in. There might be elements to it that make you uncomfortable, make you stressed. And so we often picture, well, life would just be a lot better if I had a different job, this job, whatever. But there is discomfort under that column too. So if you change jobs and anybody who has done it knows that just the change creates discomfort, but also then being in the new job, every situation will have its own set of discomforts. Even if you think about it, so picture something that okay, living in Northern Canada, we dream about is like warm tropical vacations, right? Which when you're sitting here in the midst of winter, sounds fantastic and sounds really discomfort free. But there's actually discomforts like you go, you're hot, you're sweaty, you get sand in places you didn't really want sand. Uh, you know, you're out of your norm, maybe there's insects you're not used to. Every situation has its own set of discomforts. It So what this is about is deciding intentionally which ones you would choose. And FYI, I would happily choose the discomforts in a warm location right now <laughs> compared to winter. <laughs> even the sand, even the insects 
happily take it. So Brooke Castillo talks about this as a 50-50 rule. So our lives are always 50-50 in that 50% good emotions and experiences and 50% negative emotions and experiences. And what she talks about is our avoidance of that negative side of the 50-50 equation often actually creates more negative experiences, more negative emotions. And this applies to the eating when we eat to avoid the discomfort. So if we're in that negative side of our 50-50 equation and our brain says, let's eat to get out of this, let's try to get back to the positive side, what really generally happens is we take a brief detour through the positive side, right? Like those moments when the food's in your mouth and you're like, oh, this is so good. But then it comes right back to the negative side and probably adds a little bit more to the negative experience because then not only do you have the original discomfort you were feeling, but you also have the additional discomfort that we often put on ourselves about, I shouldn't have eaten that, why did I do that? Which then makes you feel worse, creates more discomfort. So if you start to recognize that having some discomfort and having some negative emotions in your life is normal and is not something we can get away of, then it frees you up to just be okay with some elements of discomfort without trying to run away. Because often for a lot of eating behavior that we find problematic, when you really dig down, in some way it's trying to move away from the discomfort. Whereas if you can just be uncomfortable and know that that's part of life, not only part of weight loss, but it's just part of life, it makes it much easier to change some of those behaviors. So my point number two is that It is normal that we fear or really want to avoid discomfort because our brains view discomfort as a survival threat. So if we think kind of from an evolutionary standpoint, things that made us uncomfortable put us at risk. So, you know, being cold meant maybe you don't have the right shelter. Being hungry meant you may starve if you don't go get food. Uh, Being lonely meant you don't have the safety of a unit of people. And so our our brains are programmed to seek things that give us comfort because they were more likely to make us survive. Now, the difference is, is our brain hasn't changed in that regard, but our environment and our situation has changed a lot. So now the things that give us discomfort in general, when we're in North America, are not the things that are threatening our survival. So for most of us listening to this podcast, If you're cold, it's probably not that you don't have access to shelter. Um, If you're hungry, it's probably not that you're at risk of starving. It's just that you're hungry. But if you don't do this intentionally, your brain will always interpret these cues as a survival issue and give you a really strong urge to correct it, which, you know, fits with the a little bit hungry and you have the strong urge to eat food that you didn't plan on. Again, if you intentionally look at it, you can recognize that that hunger doesn't equal starvation and you can wait till there's a better food option for you. But if you're not used to looking at it, what that strong urge would do is trigger a bunch of feelings and thoughts in your mind that would end up with you eating the food and not really understanding why. So recognizing that this discomfort and that kind of urge that comes from the discomfort is just 
like an evolutionary based part of our brain where it's viewing the discomfort as a survival threat. But you can use the higher order part of your brain to an, analyze the situation that you're actually in and decide, is there a risk to myself? Or is this just this urge that I'm feeling and this discomfort? Is it actually okay? And not creating risk to me. All right, tip number three is that every time you make a choice to avoid discomfort, you are choosing a different discomfort. And I think I mentioned this earlier in my intro, but I think it's important in repeating because we generally haven't been taught to think of it this way. And particularly when we're thinking about eating, we haven't really been taught that, yes, the not eating a certain food that you're used to eating creates a feeling discomfort, but so does eating the food that you didn't plan on eating. Um, And you as an individual get to choose on a regular basis, which discomfort do you want that day? So it's not choosing to not have discomfort because that's not realistic. It's choosing which one do you think you want that particular day. And owning that ability to choose the discomfort is really powerful because with the eating and with weight loss, anytime that you can keep ownership of your own decision making and recognizing your own power, it puts you in a much better place to make choices that are probably going to be along the lines of what you're working on towards your goals. So anytime your brain tells you that just, you know, you I don't like feeling this way, let's do this so we don't feel this anymore. And obviously that probably doesn't happen in words in your brain, but when you catch your behaviors trying to correct something, Ask yourself, if I don't, if I move away from this discomfort, which discomfort am I choosing instead? And is that what I actually want? And sometimes, you know, in situations where you may feel really tempted, maybe that question is going to be enough to let you just stay in where you're at and stick to your plan. So sometimes if you ask yourself, which discomfort am I going to feel instead? Which one would I be choosing instead? It lets you see that other path and lets you actually decide with a clear eye on if that's a path you want for yourself. I often think of this when I'm making decisions about kind of sometimes throughout the day, you're standing at a Y in the road. And if you can practice picturing, okay, if I stay here, I will have to continue to experience this discomfort of stress, which feels like, you know, I have some pressure in my chest and my heart feels like it's racing a little bit and I feel a little bit agitated and that's path A or I could go and eat this particular food which that path would look like my stomach would feel more full I would have a momentary sensation of release of the stress that I was experiencing but if I look further down that path the stress comes back. The, the food being the solution to the stress isn't actually a true thing. And so down when I look down further path B, the stress is actually still there from path A. But then there's some additional physical discomforts of eating maybe more than I should have, as well as some mental discomfort of feeling just a little dissatisfied with my choice. And if you can actually view those two paths, and I literally do sometimes kind of picture the two paths, 
then that gives you a much better decision making ability. And sometimes you may still choose path B. And that's what I want to say is, that's okay. Because you are allowed to make your own choices. But if you choose it, knowing that you're choosing it, not thinking that you have to do it, it's totally a different experience and different path. All right, tip number four is that discomfort won't hurt you. And I think this is really important, especially if you've spent your life avoiding discomfort. If, uh, you know, if you are an emotional eater um, or if you have binge eating and every time you feel some element of discomfort, it triggers those urges to eat to try to get away from it. A really core uh, tool or skill to build is that you actually can just stay in that discomfort. You don't have to move away from it because that discomfort won't hurt you. And again, this comes back to the other tip where I don't know all of your life. So maybe there are some discomforts that do create risk to you. And obviously, you're in the best position to decide if there's true risk. But the vast majority of the discomforts that we experience on a daily basis are not about true risk and don't have the capacity to hurt us. So if we use a discomfort of a food urge that we don't eat, like we don't eat according to the urge, that discomfort can feel very intense that, especially if your brain's used to you eating when it gives you food urges, experiencing that discomfort of having that urge to eat, that craving but not eating can feel really intense. But at the end of the day, it doesn't actually hurt you. And it doesn't give you any lasting discomfort, actually, which is the surprising part if you're, um, if you haven't practiced just being in that food craving and not eating, when it goes away, which they do faster than what you think, you're fine. And you just carry about your day. It's not like you have that the lingering feeling of discomfort because you didn't eat. So building that skill and that knowledge that you can actually experience pretty much any discomfort without having harm to yourself is a really important piece of long-term weight loss because, you know, when we're really motivated and really at the beginning and we're very careful with what we're eating, that's great. But the reality is when you're doing this for the long term, there are fluctuations in our stress levels, there are changes in our life, and there may be discomforts that come up that you're not used to or take you a little bit by surprise. And so just knowing that you have the power and capacity as an individual to just experience them and recognize as we discuss it, some level of discomfort is a normal part of life. It's not something to move away from. Then you can experience those changes in your life without reverting back to old eating habits. So the unanswered food urge is a discomfort that I think for a lot of people is kind of scary. Like it feels almost really risky to not eat the food that you're craving if you're used to having really intense food urges. And yet it doesn't take very many of them for you to just sit in and experience without trying to run away from it, without trying to rush through it, without trying to make it go away. It really doesn't take many food cravings for you to really build a belief in yourself of your ability to tolerate them and them not to be that big of a deal. 
it's one of the biggest shifts that I see in people once they start actually believing that they can do it, that they can experience that discomfort at least once, then it kind of has a snowball effect and they can keep going and have further benefits and it starts to become where food cravings are just a kind of a fleeting thought rather than a all-consuming intense experience of discomfort. So one of the ways to start building this is start really dialing into what the discomfort is. Like when you experience a discomfort and your urge is to get away from it, stop yourself and ask, what is this discomfort? Like it feels urgent to move away from it, but what am I actually feeling? And often what it'll boil down to is some sensations in your body and maybe some thoughts about those sensations that are kind of driving more sensations. And when you really break the sensations in your body or the thoughts that you're having down into their individual components, they're really not as scary or as uncomfortable as you think. So it's the combination of them all together with the thoughts about them that create that feeling of it being something intolerable. But when you really look at it and kind of use a microscope um, to look at it, each individual thing on its own really doesn't hold much power. And when you start to tease it apart, then it becomes a lot easier to just experience the discomfort. So to give you an example of this, because it might seem a little hard to picture, uh, for me, um, kind of this stressed out feeling was one of my biggest predominant discomforts when I first started working with a life coach. And he had me sit down and think, of what that actually is. And it's feeling like a tightness across my shoulders, a bit of heaviness in my chest, a bit of kind of tingly across my chest. And when I describe it that way, it really doesn't seem that bad, right? Like you're like, okay, so a bit of tightness, a little heaviness, a little tingly. But my experience of it and what I had made it mean through the years often led to me eating because it felt so intense and felt like I didn't really have another choice. And so part of recognizing and really labeling and understanding that feeling was, number one, I could catch it earlier on because I could catch it at the earlier sign where I just started to feel a bit of the tightness in my chest. And then I changed how I labeled it. So instead of it being like, uh, well, really, there was no labeling before. It was just like, uh, I need a break kind of, or my brain would just start thinking about food then I started to learn when I started to feel that first tightness in my chest, okay, I must be getting a little bit stressed here. What have I been thinking about? What do I need in this moment to kind of calm it down now rather than letting it keep building? So building that knowledge of yourself and your own discomforts and what are they and what do they actually feel like and what happens if you just let it be there is a really empowering practice that I encourage you to do. All right, summarizing the tips. Number one, there are no situations that do not involve no discomfort. I think that's a double negative, sorry. (laughs) But even the ones that we think of as being fantastic have some level of discomfort. Number two, our brains fear discomfort, which is why it feels so urgent at times to get away. But it's because of old evolutionary stuff where our brain views discomfort as probably being a survival threat. And we just need to 
reprogram or question that depending on whichever situation we're in. Number three is every time you make a choice to avoid discomfort, you're choosing a different discomfort. So it's not that you're making a choice to stop being uncomfortable. You're making a choice to choose that path B and choose a different type of discomfort. And then number four is discomfort won't hurt you. So you can be uncomfortable. You can experience discomfort and not actually be harmed. You can come out the other side completely yourself, completely fine, and maybe actually a little bit better than if you'd done some action to try to avoid the discomfort like eating. So building that skill of experiencing the discomfort and being okay with it with the knowledge that it won't hurt you is a really empowering skill and a really important one for long-term weight management. All right, thank you so much for listening. If you've been struggling with emotional eating or binge eating and feel kind of at the end of your rope, like you're not sure what to do, but you just want a lasting solution, then I'd really encourage you to consider a private coaching. Private coaching is really the most effective and efficient way to actually figure out what your personal underlying reasons and uh, drivers for your eating behavior are and to come up with solutions that work in your life. So not just taking a diet plan that you try and apply to your life, but actually figuring out what's going to work for you and work in the simplest, easiest way without relying on willpower. In my coaching private programs, I take physicians like you who are feeling out of control with their eating and exhausted from trying to change it to not only knowing what to do, but how to do it consistently and with a sense of ease, which I think is the really big piece that's magic when you start to get there. If this sounds interesting for you, head on over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca Click on the work with me tab and from there you can book an introductory session with me which is free with no obligation where we can sit down and just chat about how I could best help you, what your individual needs are and how I would be able to help you in that. All right, have a fantastic week guys. Thank you so much for listening and remember to also download or register for the free time-saving tips to end binge and emotional eating mini course that I've just released at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash time saving tips. Talk to you later. Bye. And now for a quick disclaimer, this podcast contains general education information on weight loss for physicians. I'm not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing.